Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are here with Morgan. How are you Morgan? I'm good Barb, how are you? Doing well. Are you ready to jump in and get started? I'm ready. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so tell us a little bit about your trick, how old you were when it started, um, and where you pull from. All right. So it kind of went hand in hand for me with my ADHD and I was diagnosed with ADHD in first grade. So I think that's about six years old and I got medicated for that. And then in second grade is actually when I started pulling um, my eyelashes and Mm -hmm. it was pretty bad. I had nothing left. Um, I actually had my dad send me pictures today um, from around that time period. And it is really shocking to kind of see it again after so long um so yeah it really went on full-blown i would say from second grade which i think is about like seven or eight years old um until about fifth grade and then yeah it kind of kind of faded out a little bit with a lot of therapy (laughs) but i still um definitely struggle in in different ways now Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Did you know what trichotillomania was right away? Or was that something you kind of found out later? I had absolutely no idea what it was. My mom and dad had no idea what it was. I remember how freaked out they were that um, really overnight, I just had no eyelashes. Um, and they they put me in therapy, which I think um, was probably the right thing to do. Again, it was just really concerning, but I I still had no idea what it was. I felt very isolated. Um, and it wasn't until probably like high school is when I heard of trichotillomania. And I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> this is actually something I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were little and with your eyelashes, did other kids in your grade kind of like ask you about, about it? Did anyone ever point it out to you? No. They didn't at first, and I was moving a lot at that time. I actually went to, like, four different elementary schools. Um, So I was, like, starting new schools in different states and meeting people with just no eyelashes. And I knew that they were kind of, like, looking at me in weird ways. And um, none of my, like, peers would say anything at that age up until probably around, like, fifth grade. I started getting comments, and that's really what motivated me to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was just so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And what would you, what would your response be to them? Would you tell them like, Hey, I just do this. Or did you make up lies to my peers? I just would literally say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just pure denial on the entire subject. Um, and when my parents would ask, I definitely, Like, looking back, I think I definitely made up lies as to um, how much control I had over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it it was more of, like, that shameful feeling of, like, I can control this and it's something I am choosing to do in a way. Um, Even though probably subconsciously, like, we're not. (laughs) So, yeah, it it was kind of a mix. And then I remember teachers would get involved and pull me out of class to talk to me about it. Um and same thing pure denial like i would just shut down i wouldn't say a word Mm -hmm. well yeah i think it's i mean being so little and having like adults be like you know stop doing this or whatever yeah you kind of already think oh my gosh am i gonna get in trouble for this yes that's exactly what it felt like like being i was a shy kid to begin with and 
again, like switching schools so much, I just, I felt so, um, isolated already. And then being pulled by my teachers into like a conference room. I just, I felt like I was in trouble. I was being punished and I just shut down. And then in a way as a kid, it just makes you want to hide it even more. Mm -hmm. When you first started pulling your eyelashes, did you, do you remember kind of being in a trance? Did you do any type of like ritualistic behavior, like lining them up or putting them in piles? What, what was that first kind of big grand pulling experience like? Um, I remember being in the bathroom and I would literally like lean into the mirror and just pull them out. And I know a lot of people like later on in my pulling life, <laughs> um, it wasn't always like that. I kind of moved on to like different settings, but I would literally just stare in the mirror and just, it was so satisfying when it would happen. But then also like my gut would drop because I saw how different I physically looked. Um, I'm more of like the sensory, like I would roll them in between my fingers. Um, sometimes like with the, on your lips and things like that. Um, but then I would very quickly get over it and like, want to move on and do it again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now <clears throat> you had some moments of, you know, letting things grow back and, and mm -hmm. find ways to kind of, um, have that sensory feeling. Do you, would you have considered yourself pull free or do you think it was like you were able to pull a little bit and kind of just not have them be completely gone anymore? So even to this day, I pull a little bit, um, my eyelashes. And I think we talked about this before, like when I have mascara on, <laughs> um, I definitely kind of like rub off like the ends of the mascara and then I do still pull some out, but I'm very, very, very cautious as to like, how noticeable it is um i definitely went a couple of years like not i want to say like when i was in grad school and like really in undergrad like i didn't struggle at all with it i think my mind was elsewhere and then probably the last two years is when it's come back a little bit where it's more of like an urge to do so um so yeah it definitely goes on and off mm -hmm. when you found out that you had like a name for this behavior that you're doing mm -hmm. how did you feel was it like re like relieving or was it more stressful to find out there was a name it was definitely relieving for me um i just didn't feel like so weird <laughs> and again that's why i think it's so awesome that you're doing like you wrote your book and you're doing a podcast about this because i just I am a social worker. I'm very big on mental health and advocating for mental health. I will open up about almost anything that I struggle with, like anxiety, ADHD, things like that. But the the trick was definitely something that I was more shameful of for whatever reason, um, probably just because it's not talked about as much. And I just felt very isolated. And um, I think the more that it's talked about, the stigma kind of breaks and we need to break that stigma for ourselves too, that we, we can be functioning human beings and there really is nothing wrong with us. We are, it's just one of the ways that we cope. Mm -hmm. No, it's beautifully said because I think so many people that I've spoken to with Trick, mm -hmm. we all felt the, the same thing of like, oh my gosh, I'm weird. No one wants yeah. to. Imagine if we're all like, oh, let's just talk about it. like. Yeah, going to admit things that they're struggling with. It would just be like an amazing, you know, ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. And it's, 
I think like half the battle is breaking the stigma against people that struggle with it, but then also the stigma within ourselves that we are not weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, we can still be beautiful despite the times. Like I literally had that feeling when my dad sent me those pictures earlier and I was like, oh my God, like I look so gross. Like, but I'm a, I'm like a 10 year old girl, like just, mm-hmm. you know, like struggling through life. Like it doesn't mean that I'm gross that I was just, I mean, puberty too, that, mm-hmm. that <laughs> doesn't help. <laughs> now, when you started, you know, pulling and looking at those pictures, mm-hmm. you know, did for me personally that negative self-talk started like the second i had any type of patch any type of Mm -hmm. missing area with my hair i'm just like you are so ugly what is going on here um how did you kind of break that cycle did you have that negative self-talk as well and how did you stop you know trying to you know beat yourself down over it so absolutely i had that negative self-talk and to be completely honest i wish this wasn't my answer but the only way that it stopped was when I stopped pulling um, and I kind of fit in with everyone else and, and had long eyelashes and, you know, like I didn't stand out. And um, like I said, I definitely um, did struggle with that negative self-talk, but it's, I, I struggle with that in many areas and it's just something I'm trying to practice of like, whatever it is that I'm struggling with, like I need to be more neutral in my statements. Doesn't mean that I'm like, completely weird, completely wrong, ugly, anything like that. It's, it's just something I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be your advice for, you know, to parents that have children with trick? Like, do you have anything that your parents did that you're like, you know what? I like that. Or yeah. that you're like, Hey, maybe you should have you know done it this way. Yeah. So <laughs> when you ask that question, it makes me think of a specific situation. So my pulling made my mom specifically so upset like she would cry over it and again like in her perspective like there's not there wasn't a lot of education on it and she just really does not know what's going on and I'm sure that's upsetting um and I remember one day at school I had a really bad day and I wouldn't I would like kind of pull my eyelashes in the classroom like hide it but I couldn't like go at it in the way that I wanted to so I remember I ran home and I swung open my door and I ran right to my mirror and I just like started yanking. I literally was so hyper focused. I did not even notice that my mom was taking a nap in my bed. Mm-hmm. And I woke her up and she saw that I was in like in the mirror pulling out my eyelashes and she got so angry at me and started crying. She's like, why would you do this? Like you, you just went like months without doing it. Like. I'm so upset. And again, like that shame came back and it's understandable as a parent where she was coming from, but still, I think like that, it just makes that shame and that negative self-talk that much more heightened. Um, So I think for parents to just be a little bit more mindful of that, of like, we already feel like crap about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if anything, it's going to make us shut down even more and not want to talk about it, which is again, probably why that's carried over into like our adult lives of feeling like we can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But my parents were very, very good advocates for me again, like with the ADHD and getting me um, the accommodations that I needed in school and all of that. But specifically with the trick, like 
putting me in therapy and I was very resistant as a kid, which is ironic because now I'm a therapist, but (laughs) I was so resistant. But I remember I had this one therapist um, who kind of changed my life in a weird way. Like she, she actually suggested that I uh, use a koosh ball. Do you know what they are? Like the really thin strings? Yes. They're like, like classic 90s, early 2000 toys. <laughs> and they have those strings. Um, so that was actually my go-to, I think. That's actually what made me essential. Like, I don't want to say stop, but really like um, get it a lot more under control with my pulling um, because it kind of mimicked the same sensation for me was um, like, if you kind of rub the the koosh ball little string it would kind of loosen up and then it would it would smack your hands and again it's like in it it's some type of pain seeking Mm -hmm. in a way and that really worked for me so I'm very thankful for them kind of advocating to get me in therapy Mm -hmm. did you did any therapist ever hint maybe you have trick or did you go to therapy for that maybe old you know when you were older or have Mm -hmm. you some people with trick, they'll go to therapy and they won't even really talk about it. So I never talked about it. Mm, yeah, okay. it was it was always like, I'm here because my mom's making me come here. And I re- it, it's so weird. Like, I can't remember it as vividly as I would like. But I do remember they would um, they would talk to me. They'd be like, so it's why are you pulling out your eyelashes? And it, like my wall just went up. And I would just immediately become defensive or shut down and not say a word. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not obvious, right? <laughs> well, it's just so, it's so funny, like, funny to hear that because, like, from what I know of you, it's, just, you know, you're just open and you yeah. about things. And just to hear you be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that is so yeah. funny. So I I, it's like a true 180. It's so funny. Like, as a kid, I literally would not speak about it. Anything that made me uncomfortable shut down, was very like defensive. And I, again, I've worked, I think really hard to push through that and be an advocate, but this is the one thing that I have really struggled to talk about. I don't think many of my friends even know. Hmm. They all know I'm anxious. They all know I have ADHD. There's no hiding that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like a memory sharing with a friend before or like telling someone on your own um even as an adult um I remember not necessarily my friends at the time but I remember telling um my cousin who was a few years older than me and we were always together for family events and again like it was really obvious and um I think she mentioned something at one point and I did feel comfortable to talk to her about it which was nice. Um, so I did open up a little bit, but it's, it, it, no, I really kept this one to myself. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so, it is, I mean, listen, I can't even talk. It took me like 18 years until I finally was like, um, Hey everyone, this is what I yeah. have. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, everyone's journey is different. And I, you know, I hear things, you know, get messages and things, Oh, you know, you're so open and honest about it. And I'm thinking, it's only been like almost three years. Like it hasn't yeah. been at all. Yeah. So you really kept it to yourself that whole time as well? For the most part. Yeah. Like yeah. I would some close friends. I would tell like the people I'm dating, but I would be like, oh yeah, I, I have trick. And like, that's it. Like I'd be like, yeah. And I would just kind of, you know, rush over it and not really go into like 
detail. Um, mm-hmm. And even when the book came out, some of my best friends were like, what? I didn't know. Really? And I'm, well, like they knew of the trip. Yeah, just not how intense. Intense and how like, you know, being at such a young age for both of us, it kind of felt like the whole world. Like it was my whole existence of trying to get rid of this, cover it up. Yeah. It was just like pure shame. It really was. And it's not something I think again, like if there wasn't the the physical marks so to say, like leftover from what you've done, I really don't think there'd be so much shame about it. But the fact that like, all right, you have a pulling episode one night and now you have to go the next couple weeks with like no eyelashes and everyone notices, it's like you're stuck with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone mentioned to me once that the hardest part for them is when they're growing back. Like it's not the Mm -hmm. part when they grow back because like you said every day you're reminded oh I did this I did this and now they're all even you know uneven it's yeah yeah that's in that picture I saw there's like most of it is just gone and there's some like baby ones and then there's like some like clumps of long ones I'm like oh my god yeah and then like I would move on to like my eyebrows too at some points Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it just didn't do it in the same way that my eyelashes did for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped pulling my eyebrows. I started there. That's where my trick started. Oh, okay. But I haven't touched them. I mean, they're very thin, but they're that's just how they are. Like I just, yeah, it doesn't feel good anymore up there. Yeah, they're too thin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they don't do the job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, have you ever met anyone? I know we've met, but yeah. Or like, you know, growing up, have you met anyone that had trick like you? So not personally. I remember when I moved back from Virginia in fourth grade and I, or it was in third grade. I can't remember either way. There was one of my classmates um, who I think was like in another class, but I would pass her in the hallway and I could tell that she had no eyelashes and she actually had like patches of hair missing too. Um, And I so bad. I just remember how big of a moment that was for me. I'm like, oh my God, like I am so happy to know that I'm not alone in this. But when you're in like third or fourth grade, like you don't have the courage to go up to that person and actually talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I never was able to talk to them about it um, in high school. I don't remember meeting anyone or really knowing anyone. It wasn't until um, you really were the first person that um, I knew of that came out publicly about it. I knew like people struggled with it, but no one in like my, my world. And then I was on TikTok recently and I came across um, this girl who was in grad school to be a therapist, just like I was, and um, struggled with trick. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I need. Just more of, like, this normalization than I am, like, just please keep talking about it. Because it makes such a difference to know that um, we're not alone, you know. There's probably so many more people out there that struggle with it that are just still too scared to say anything. Right. And, like, the number, the stats are pretty high. Like, there's a good amount of people who do it. And I'm thinking – that's the people that say it. <laughs> that's yeah, that that's a good it. point. That's a you really know? good point. Because and you can hide it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, some people are, you know, 
later in their life they're in their 50s oh now i'm finding out i just thought this was something that i sh and i'm like what okay you know we need to let's all you know yeah educate <laughs> mm -hmm. now have you seen trick in the media ever like tv movies things like that books no i no i'm trying to that's a really good question i really can't think of any show movie anything with someone talking about trick i think like the only time as a kid when i would watch movies um and i was like oh someone kind of looks like me but then turns out they're like in chemo or something you know <laughs> it's like it, it's you know it's yeah no it was not talked about did you have that experience did you ever see it in the media so do you remember mtv true life mm -hmm. that show? they had a yeah on really yes and i was like <gasps> and my whole family was like <gasps> and like calling family members like you gotta watch this this is a bar pass and that really was, yeah it was like i think she was like a teenager or something yeah oh my god okay well that's good but that was like <laughs> but you know how that million <laughs> yeah and like that show they like really wanted to make it dramatic and like <gasps> oh my gosh she pulls her hair out and yeah like, oh geez <laughs> like yeah you know, it was yep. nice to see, but also I'm thinking, this is what it, you guys think about me? <laughs> like, you know? This Again, the stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I have a show for you. I okay. haven't gotten the episode yet, but Amy Schumer, Life and Beth. Amy Schumer has Trick, and she mentions no. it in like episode nine. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I really had no idea. Yeah. And I love her. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm like eager to see how she portrays it i haven't I'm yeah there, but i want just someone who has it how did she do it in, on tv because yeah so dramatic like pulling i, I know this is really not always that dramatic like the way that i deal with it now again like i don't even always think of it as just trick i think of it more of like it's it's a way for me to kind of like zone out and cope and like I do it when I'm anxious I do it when I'm like um bored even mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not that dramatic um but it's still something that I do mm -hmm. oh yeah now you mentioned earlier you know trick is something that you don't you know really open up about that often mm -hmm. or open about other things do you find or do you see yourself maybe in the future being more open about it or do you think it's something that you know you'll share here and there just not you know like everything else yeah no i definitely um think that it's important that i kind of work through this aspect and and share it when appropriate too um because yeah again like i can just tell in the way that people react sometimes when I do like have the courage to say it. And these are with people like I'm really close with. So like, it's not like they're trying to be insensitive, but sometimes it can come off like, oh yeah, I already feel weird about it. And now it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're kind of just reassuring that. But um, yeah, no, it, it's just as serious as any other like mental health condition that you're going through. And it's, I definitely will try to do my part in making sure people know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I actually did have a patient once too. This was like a long time ago when I was in my internship and it was, um, I just remember like, wow, like I can use my experience. And I didn't share that I had it because again, like that's not really appropriate. It's more so 
um, I was like, oh, I used a Koosh ball and that really helped me. So I'm thinking like I can I can suggest that. But mm-hmm. it's like, again, I think it's just more pre- prevalent than we know or people mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When you have shared and you've had like some of those not so favorable moments, mm-hmm. what were some of the thoughts like running through your head? Were you like, I don't want it. I'm not sharing ever again. Like, what was it? How did that make you feel at, you know, opening up and kind of getting a reaction that you didn't really like? Well, if, if you asked me this when I was a kid, I would have probably said, I'm never saying anything again, because that was just how I was. I would shut down. But um, now I, I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to keep talking about it. Like I am who I am. And yeah, there may be things that we don't, like you may not understand, just like, I don't understand everything about everyone else, but it just, it's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep sharing. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What what advice would you give someone on the receiving end? Like Mm -hmm. the people that reacted poorly to you, like what advice would you give them? Like when you're, when a friend is sharing something Mm -hmm. that is, you know, important to them, here's how you should react. What would you say? I personally like when people ask questions um, because I'm a big question asker. I think that it really shows like that you're because, again, it can be shocking to people to hear something like that. Like when you don't expect it, like, oh, hey, like I pretty much had no eyelashes my entire childhood. And yeah, it actually is something I still struggle with, even though you would never know. Um even if it's shocking and it doesn't make sense, just ask questions. Like I'm more than happy to answer them and kind of educate just in regards to like my experience. And it shows that you care and you want to learn. And it's just a more comfortable, I think, back and forth environment. Mm -hmm. And how about for people that are now sharing, what would be your advice to them? Like they want to share with someone, they want to get to that point. How, what advice would you give? If they haven't shared yet or. Yeah, haven't shared. Yeah. They're like, they want to, they like, don't know what, you know, how to approach it. Yeah. Um, I think what really built up my confidence was talking to you, honestly. Um, (laughs) And then seeing more people, like I I was just so thankful. I came across that girl. I can't remember her name. I'll have to look her up, but that girl's TikTok page. And then I followed her on Instagram and just kind of building your confidence up a little bit with with a community of people that um, go through the same thing. And then you kind of, if you fear sharing with people and fear their reaction, at least you know you have a community of people that that are like you and will understand. I think that definitely helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so surprised when I like searched hashtag Trixilomania when I first yeah. made the, the Trickster Diaries account. I was like, hold on, first of all, there's a lot of people posting and they're posting like their pictures with yeah. stuff missing. And I was like, I want to be like that one day. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're so brave. Mm-hmm. I, I showed Dean, my husband, um, the picture that my dad sent me. He's like, Oh my God. Like he's not judging me again. It's just shocking. And it's, I think the more you build up your confidence to get to the point where you can share that online. Like, I just think that's so brave and it just normalizes it all. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm happy that you have the photos like and I'm happy I have mine because yeah I wanted my was like mom throw them away burn them rip them up yeah yeah I didn't want any memory of it Mm -hmm. I know and now look at us look at us (laughs) we're holding on to them yeah I'm posting them on the internet yeah (laughs) yeah. who would have thought I know right (laughs) (laughs) um when you get into those you know that trance, that like hyper mm-hmm. fixation, do you have ways that you snap yourself out of it? <laughs> so my more recent fixation, again, like it, it's not even really my eyelashes right now because um, I just can't figure out a way to do it without like having so many missing. So I, I'm in my late 20s and I had a gray hair pop up about a year ago and I wanted to lose my mind. But instead, I made that kind of my new fixation, like unconsciously, I I didn't realize. And now um, that's kind of my go to. I will literally like I like hope I find them so I can just like pluck them out with tweezers. Um, And I really get in a trance like my husband will know that I'm like quiet for like 15 minutes, like a kid, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm quiet, they're up to no good and <laughs> he will snap me out of it. <laughs> but I think if I were left alone, it would go on a l- much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and also sh- a shame to say my dog's hair is also like another thing that I definitely like will be laying on the couch and I will kind of like just pull out her her hairs and just like rub them in between my fingers and I truly don't even know that I'm doing it half the time mm-hmm. so yeah because that it's the texture right it's it's consistent uh-huh. with the hair that we yeah it is like she's got that very like coarse like thick wiry hair my other dog's hair doesn't do it for me mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but there is something about that texture because the same thing I will find, I found like a spot, you know, years ago, kind of at the top where I, I literally every hair felt crinkly and I was like, hold on, they got to go. Like all of them. Yes. No, I 100% know what you mean. I've had that. Like I, oh my God, a couple weeks ago, I leaned over and I burnt my a piece of my hair on the stove and that like crinkle feeling um I literally ripped them all out when I could have just I could have just like cut it the burnt part off but no I was like this this feel no it needs to go (laughs) yes oh yeah and like I um I one time wore like these like synthetic uh uh hair extensions and I like burnt them and they were just like that and I I had to pull them off the hair extension like I couldn't take it I was like I know I know have you ever had I know like sometimes we'll wear like the eyelash strips but have you ever had eyelash extensions oh yeah yes one time yeah um, at first I had no eyelashes at all so they were glued on like I don't know how they stayed I looked (laughs) Like my eyes were like, like it felt like they looked so weird. They were so thick, and I the same night they were gone. I was just yes, like, <laughs> it yeah. I had them once too, thinking it would like help, um, but it it made my fixation worse because it was like that that glue, and I just like wanted to rub it off. I'm like, yeah, never again. 
-hmm. But for some people, that might work. I don't know. They say, I mean, but the only thing I know about them is that my one, my one girlfriend during COVID, she has eyelash, eyelash extensions. And during COVID, you know, she couldn't get them removed. So they're like all growing out. Uh, so she tried to pull them out and she would text me and she was like, listen, like, I get it. Cause she would pull them out and the eyelashes would come off and she had the same sensation. She's like, I had to force myself to stop. Like it really did. Feel yeah. Good. Like girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna find yourself. Don't find yeah, yourself. Yeah, don't go like, down that path. No. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Yeah. Now, do you think? Because I know you've had you know moments where it's grown back, and you still. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think you'll be completely pull free? Is that an idea you even you know have in your brain at all, or are you just like kind of at the point where you know what it's here? I have it. That's it. Um. It it's interesting because I consider myself pull free in a way like I'm not pulling out my eyelashes anymore like I again I think I justify like the whole hair thing right now because I'm not like taking chunks out but I think it very easily could go down that path and get that fine line um and then my poor dog is on the receiving end too so I don't know I think I think I'm there I need to kind of always have something in my hand and like that's sensory and I actually do have a koosh ball now too and I think as long as I have these other things I can kind of like compete with the it's it's just a competing item essentially essentially like I think I have a chance but I also it's not as distressing to me as it was when I was a kid like that was my entire life because it, it defined me for four or five years Mm -hmm. um and now it's just like a very small part of who I am Mm -hmm. so I I mean if if it stays the way that it is now I'm I'm okay with that I love that yeah Yeah. I think sometimes you know you hear things on the internet or people Mm -hmm. oh you know 100 days pull free and I'm thinking I'm so happy for you but I'm so scared for you because yeah it could like I feel like, at least in my experience, you just don't know when it's coming. You don't know. You can't prepare. It's going to, your things are going to be out or not. Like, I, yeah. I feel like it's so hard to, to put that pressure on yourself to keep track of the days. Exactly. You know, it, it's not always all or nothing. And I think that that's a kind of a dangerous place to be. With some aspects, it, it can be important. But I think specifically with, like, trick and pulling if you have a bad day and like a lot of it's like unconscious. Like I can't tell you how many times, like I'll just put my hand up and like rub my eyelashes and I don't even realize I'm doing it. And if you end up pulling something out, you can't be like, Oh my God, I screwed up. I lost my hundred days and now I'm going I, I, there. I'm just going to go on like a binge now, you know? Yeah. So. Cause I, I had an app like this one little app and I would like try to track. I'm like, let me track. Um, yeah. And I started lying. To myself, I'd be like, nah, one, I'm not gonna click the button. Yeah, exactly. Like, what am I doing? I can't do I this. This doesn't it's make so, sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. Um, so tell me your relationship with tweezers. I personally need them around. I will like freak out if I don't have tweezers in the house. Like I must have them. How do you feel? I need them as well. Um, I definitely I I never got my eyebrows waxed in my entire life. I have always just plucked my own. 
Um, so I need them for that, but also like, I definitely get that satisfaction from doing it. Um, and now like to get my little, like five white hairs and as I'm looking for them, like wishing they were there in such a weird way, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need them there. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like a comfort for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't tell you I think there was one there was a few times but one time I moved and I like couldn't find them and it was like all hell broke loose like really because I was just like I need them like I need these here and I can't get rid of them and they have to be the right kind like I have like probably five tweezers in my house but like this one pair are the only pair that I'll use because they like have good grip the other Mm -hmm. ones like I literally no I cannot function with them yeah, that, there is nothing more annoying than, like, trying to grab a hair and the tweezer will not grab it. Yeah, like, and then you take a chunk out mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like, been chunks in, in the um, in the bathroom and I've had to, like, hide them in the trash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you, when you pull your eyelashes, for me, um, I find, like, the easiest hairs that I'll pick first, if I'm not just doing it, like if I'm not doing it um, with a mirror, mm-hmm. I'll look. I'll look at the hairs that are kind of like pointing down or crooked. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. I feel like those deserve to go. You feel the same? <laughs> <laughs> I had that the other day. I I literally did not even think of that as like. I get excited when I have a hair like eyelash poking me because I'm like, oh my god, I can justify to myself pulling this out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. And you 100% need your good tweezers for that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so like, that's really the only times that I will pull my eyelashes out right now. And again, like, sometimes like, I get a little carried away with my mascara and like, it comes out. I'm like, ooh, that's gonna leave a dent. And I'm not gonna touch it. <laughs> so I'm gonna move on to something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I was doing really well with my eyelashes. Yeah until I my brain was like just do a little tug and I tugged and like five or six came out and there was a big dent and I'm like well there goes that because now I'm upset that they're all uneven got it yes yeah you said you were very big on like the unevenness Mm -hmm. right yeah that I think in like when I was like eight or nine I didn't care about that but that would bother me now that Mm -hmm. would really bother me now it's just yeah I can't I used to even, I would cut my eyelashes. So say if I had some that were like really babies that would like grow in. Yeah. I would try to make them all even. So like, no, I guess so no one could tell that I'm missing. I don't know what my mindset was, but I just did not want them uneven. Yeah. They're all going and then we can start fresh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it makes, you know, we we justify and rationalize this stuff and it makes sense to us at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Sure does. Yep. Yep. Um, so what would what would be something you would say to someone? They're kind of starting their trick journey. They are, they just they just got the diagnosis. What piece of advice or words of wisdom would you give them? Um, you know, yeah. Um, words of wisdom, I think I would say is is don't be scared to outreach to the community and find people that go through this. And again, like it. I'm thankful for the people that are willing to share um, like you and so many other people that I'm learning, like are sharing about their journey and just know that you're not alone in it. Just like any other diagnosis, because I don't think trick really is 
always an isolated diagnosis. I think def definitely is for some people, but it, it definitely ties in for a lot of people with anxiety. And definitely for me, it does. And, you know, it, we all cope in different ways and there's nothing to be ashamed of about it and just find what works best for you. Find whatever skill tool you can use. For me, it was that koosh ball and I actually still use it when I'm really struggling. Um, my husband will put it in my hand so I don't bother the dog <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the things that you're telling yourself about the struggle are, are not true and they're not reality and, and to really put in the work and the effort to remind yourself that. Well, I thank you so much for coming on the show and, you know, being of so open. Of course. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I just appreciate you having me on. I think it's a really good opportunity to kind of like, again, this is the first time I've ever talked about this so openly. And I think that it's a big step in for me and my journey. And I hope that it can help someone else along the lines. And again, I thank you for giving me that opportunity. Well, thank you so much. And if you ever want to come on again, come on back. I love it. Maybe I'll come to Florida next time. Oh my gosh, my first like in person. Oh my God, I would love yes. it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, thank you so much again. And I will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Awesome. Thanks, Barb.